business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. This is the Abiyan Money Show. Thank you so much for joining us. On the line with me is Ryan Neal. Ryan is the group head of procurement for the Impact Group, and he leads the award-winning ESD program. Ryan, I feel like we could have gone for lunch in the last 10 minutes, staring at each other over here, drinking coffee while we we're waiting for the world report. How are you doing? I'm great, Avi. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Ryan, before I get into what we're specifically going to speak about today, I've spent a bit of time on the Impact website, and I've gone around and had a look. Um, I've almost had to refresh myself as to who the company was, what the history was, where they moved through. And what struck me is an absolute passion for what they do. Um, you know, ultimately, you guys are involved in food services. You're involved in, G- in, in hygiene and, and maintenance and, and, and those areas. And yet it's done with such a sense of passion. It's not almost like dropping off three guys in the back of a bucky and saying, go clean the building. It's a whole science between doing what's right for the client, looking after the people that you employ, giving them a sense of worth and a sense of having an ability to go forward in the company. So if the chap is vacuuming, vacuuming the floor tonight between midnight and 6 a.m., doesn't have to think that he'll be in that job for the rest of his life. Have I understood the company correctly? You know, I think you probably hit the nail on the head, and it just tells me that the website's doing exactly what it's meant to be doing. The videos um, are brilliant, by the way. Oh, uh, great. Uh, you know, I think it's it's much better to to try and explain what it is that you do through visual and, and audio, um, often more than it is to try and write it up. Um, people get a real sense of the, the passion um, as it comes through, and I think that's part of our culture is we really want that uh, we care doing right by you, which is our tagline, to come through on our website so people get an idea of what we're really about. No, Ryan, maybe I'd just, again, diverge a little bit. I remember many years ago when we had a, a branch that we had just started and there were a few of us in the office and we had a contract cleaning company come in. I really don't remember who they were. But the lady showed such initiative that when there was nothing to do, she found stuff to do and cleaned the windows and and was so pleasant. Today, she's the group receptionist for the entire region because we turned around and said to her, don't you want to come work for us? You just got such a sense of purpose. And it was really someone who had no skill, someone who had to be trained, and yet there was nothing that she wasn't willing to do in order to upskill herself. And that seems to be the culture in your company. That's absolutely the culture. And I mean, look, we, we do tend to have the problem that a lot of our clients actually love our staff and, uh, <laughs> they, they do tend to go on and, and make them, uh, offers of employment. But certainly as a business, we, we always look at the people, um, that work for us. Um, we like to make sure that we look after them and try to develop them going forward. I mean, we're going to talk today about developing of small businesses, but everything starts at home. And, and as a business, we really try to develop the people we've got um, and, and make sure that they progress through the ranks because they know what it feels like to be on the ground. And they obviously try to to pass that on as they grow in the business. 
Noah, before I let you get into that, and then I'll, I'll keep quiet. I remember many, many years ago, I was the CFO at a particular company, and they were, they were having a lot of um, challenges delivering product to clients, getting it installed, getting it done. And the CEO at the time called out the entire staff compliment, and everybody stood in, like in a semicircle, and he stood in the front, and he called one older elderly chap, Johannes, out, and he asked him to come stand next to him. And the guy was obviously very, very nervous. And he said to him, Johannes, when we started, how many people were at this company? And he said, no, it was just you and I. And then he sort of went through stories with him, how they did things and how they MacGyvered things and how they just made things work in order to get the jobs that were way beyond their reach. And he turned around to the staff and said, please don't tell me things can't be done. Because if this old man and myself have done them, they can be done especially with all the tools, all the equipment, all the support, the latest technologies that you guys have, it's still a matter of may actually not wanting to do the job. And that was a bit of a, it was a real wake-up call for me when you've got a CEO who was once in the trenches himself or herself and really understands how things work. Anyway, Ryan, what is group enterprise and supplier development? You know, in South Africa, we, we have this uh, this regulation called BE. Um, you know, you hear it out there a lot and there's a lot of ignorance around what BE really is about. But one of the things that it does exceptionally well and, and we've, we've really taken it on as a strategic uh, imperative in our business is about developing small businesses. Now I head up the, the procurement for the group. Um, and part of that is to manage the, the BE scorecard, but we like to think of ourselves as a business that goes above and beyond um, the requirement and we, we do our best to, to do things the right way in order for it to take care of the scorecard on its own without us having, having to, you know, really delve into too much detail. The one thing that we've, we've done exceptionally well over a period of time is we really engage with communities. Um, and I think that really comes from the fact that we are a hundred percent South African owned business. Um, we're owned by the Tebby Investment Corporation. And funny enough, the foundation at, at Tebby, the Tebby Foundation, their, their tagline is, Communities are our bottom line. And for us, it's really about going out there and sourcing small businesses, businesses that have become, you know, they've, they've got a great idea. They've, they've come up with some innovation or they've got a service, a product or a skill that corporates like us really would, would love to, to home and to, to get the benefit from. And we'll go and work with these entrepreneurs, usually from a very early stage. We'll bring them onto our enterprise and supplier development program. We develop them over a period of time. Usually we have a 24-month timeline for very, very small businesses that take a lot of development work. Um, and sometimes it can be as it can be as few as let's say three months if the business is already quite well established, even though it's still quite small. And we'll take them on a journey to to try and take what they're good at um, and help them to to uh, really utilize that to grow their business, but then look at where they're not strong. And, and we all know there are a lot of businesses out there. They're great at what they do, but their business suffers in the back. You know, all of a sudden you can't get them to invoice you. Um, their cash flow is a disaster. They, they don't really know how to employ people properly. Health and safety sometimes can be a little bit questionable. You know, a procurement they can do with a little bit of help because it can't particularly buy very well. And as a business, we, we spend a lot of time with these small businesses on our program. Whether it be in a group forum, um, which is what the enterprise and development workshops are all about, or whether it's one on one with coaches and mentors like myself, um, and my team. Um, but we also bring in our experts. You know, our CEO and CFO like to get involved. 
Um, we have an HSE director, health and safety and environmental director who gets involved with the guys um, and starts pushing them in the right direction when it comes to our environmental, social and governance criteria, things that we're looking at, at implementing. And for small businesses, great differentiator for them to get involved at this stage to, to push, you know, so we, we really want to develop these guys to grow, help us become a much better business. Um, let them grow with us as we're successful and, and share success with them. Ryan, we need to run to the shops, as you can see. Let's have a quick ad break. And when we come back, I just want to delve a little bit more into that and really understand how it works, because it almost sounds too good to be true for the young entrepreneur. Craig, let's go to the shops. This is RV on Business. As I said, when we came back, we're speaking to Ryan Neal, who's the group head of procurement for the Impact Group. Ryan, let me try and, you know, so give back to what you said in the closing minutes of the last section. If there's a young business or a business that you feel could join your supply chain and you could benefit from having as a supplier or a partner within your business, you guys actually get involved and make sure that that business is viable and sustainable by coaching it and giving it support during its formative years. You know, one thing we, we were all taught in varsity that the majority of businesses fail in South Africa because of SARS. They don't pay tax, they don't get their tax sorted out, and by the time it catches up with them, the, the, the snowball's too big and it crushes them. The other swear word is back office, which is often non-existent, and if it does, it's the wife or the husband on the back of a cigarette box, and then by the time they get the invoice, it's outdated. How do you guys practically get involved and maybe give us an example of someone that you found, how you found them, and how now they're a viable part of your massive company? Thanks, Avi. Yeah, look, I, I've, again, you've hit the nail on the head. It's like you've been researching this prior, you know. Um, <laughs> it, and, and obviously, there's a lot of us in, in business that have experienced these kinds of challenges with with small businesses. But, you know, we we attend a lot of forums. Um, you'll find that in the corporate space, a lot of us work um, together. We collaborate a lot. Uh, we go out and we we source small businesses and we we'll, often we'll share small businesses as a, a route to market for, for multiple partners. So we're all able to give them the support that they need. You're 100% right in that often the challenge is the back office. You know, we, we know that these guys, they're very capable of delivering a great product. That's why we interested them in the first place or a great service. Um, but then they, they let themselves down in the back. So we, we like to get hold of them as early as possible. Um, you know, when, when they're very small and try to make sure they don't go down that route that you just mentioned where I think the wheels start to come off. I mean, 90% of SMMEs in South Africa fail in the first two years. Um, they go under in the first two years. So it's really important that if we can get small businesses onto enterprise and development programs like ours, which we've been very successful at, and we've won awards in the last couple of years at the APSA Awards. Uh, one was a localization award where we work with small communities and help develop small businesses to deliver services to various clients or multiple clients that we work with in that area. Um, also, we, we've won the Black uh, Women Entrepreneur Award two years in a row um, for supporting black women entrepreneurs who who are amazing. You know, I really find that that women want to give back to their communities. They they're not just interested in making a quick buck here and there. They really want to make sure they look after their their communities. We get hold of them nice and early, as quickly as we can, and we try to help them settle down, make sure that they've got their finances in in uh, in order, understand where they can stretch themselves, where they can't, how to market their business, 
identify where their strengths are and their differentiators out there in the market, they're able to go out to market and win more business. Ensuring that they employ incorrectly, they're following the law, you know, when it comes to labor law, they're following the, the rules around tax and finance and, and things like that. So the sooner these small companies can, can partner themselves up with a business such as ours, um, then the, the better chance they've got to succeed in. And gradually, gradually, as this regulation has been pushed out there by the government, in, and the corporates are picking it up and doing it properly because there's a lot of companies out there that really don't do it in the the essence that it's meant. As these companies are picking up these small these small entrepreneurs, we're really starting to see them turn and and be a little bit more successful where they can be, and you know hopefully start to make a difference to the economic growth of our country, to the employment problem that we have in our country, and obviously the sustainability of small business, which is what we all want to see succeed in the long run. You know, Ryan, there's, there's an interesting question that's just come through. Um, Bradley wants to know, when dealing with these small budding businesses, what are the biggest challenges that you have? Because in my experience, I found that language and culture become an almost stone wall that I cannot get past. Yeah, look, SMMEs, I think if we're going to say one of the biggest downfalls often is communication, not necessarily a language barrier. Um, but definitely I find communication, you know, when something isn't right, you normally find out after it's gone wrong and the wheels have come off and it's very difficult to put it back together. Um, so from day one, we, we very clear with SMEs that the way forward to succeed is through good communication. We, we appoint a coach, um, to the entrepreneur and say to them, look, there's someone here. If, if it means uh, an hour a week or an hour a month coffee session, just to come in and chat about your challenges, where we can help you more, um, you know, any advice you've got. I mean, we, we are 25,000 employees here at the impact group and, you know, we, we've got the specialist resources here to support pretty much any scenario that can come up in, in business that we can give that entrepreneur some advice. Um, when it comes to, you know, the, the day to day with a, with a small business, the challenges are there. All businesses have them. Um, but sometimes it just takes good advice and good guidance and mentorship from, from someone at the end of a phone or, or an email that you can drop just to, to, to help these guys. So yeah, I fully understand the challenges for small businesses. Um, but the key to that is, is to give them the right coaching and the right advice and ensure that they understand the communication that has to stay open all the time. Ryan, you've obviously, you know, um, this question just come up here from a lady called Olga, Olga Smith who wants to know, she says, I'm hi, Ryan. I'm a white South African. I'm committed to staying in the country. I have tried desperately to get my business off the ground and I've found myself at the back of the line every time simply because of BEE. How do you suggest that I get myself involved in larger corporates where I have a brilliant product to offer, but yet the fact is that I do not reach the BEE criteria? Look, I think there's, there, there is a, a little bit of an ignorance around what BE really is there to do. You know, we've seen it out there and, and there are businesses out there that have been damaged by communications where there's a little bit of ignorance around what, what they're trying to achieve and, and, and it's done damage to their business. The one thing we always try to do is make sure we give the right advice and the right communication and small business development is exactly that. While BE is designed around the black economic empowerment of, of this country, um, it doesn't mean that the economic, um, population of the active economic population of this country does include all races from 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 white people indians blacks and coloreds all, all fall into the act so there is a space for everybody um under be 
the the important part is is that you understand where where you fit into that and and how you can still develop your business. And let's understand that before BE is important, business is important. Okay, it's important to do business. So if you have a great product and you have a a, a great attitude. Big corporates will always want to do business with you. You know, we, we, we are always open to doing business with the right business, um, the right services, the right products that are going to take our business forward. And if it means that, that we have the right person, uh, can, can be a white individual that has the right business. When they are small, they still fall into what we call the EME brackets, which is a economic, um, which is an exempt micro, micro enterprise, which means their revenue, annual revenue is below 10 million rands. And in that they can still be what we would class as a level four SMME, even without black ownership, which means that, you know, when it does come to BE, they still qualify to deliver points against the BE procurement scorecard. So I think it's just a, an education. It's really great for anyone that is looking to do business with, with corporates or any, any kind of business to understand what actually is entailed within the, the, the BE regulation because there's space for everybody. Um, you just need to understand your way into it. Fantastic. Ryan, before I go back to all the questions, I just don't want to run out of time and not get through some of the very interesting things that you sent through to us. Speak to me about NDS Chefs Academy. You know, um, it, that's a really I, great. I would, I would say the full name, but I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> no. uh, it's N- NDS Chefs Academy is, uh, look, a, a really great small business. Uh, Lebo, who, who owns and manages, um, the academy, um, actually was an, uh, a learner at Impact Group. She came on a learnership to, to Impact Group, I think 18, 19 years ago, um, and came through, uh, as, as a chef and did a training with us. She then went on to to do really well in our business and then decided to start her own business. So she started up this uh, chef's academy where she trains um, lots of different chefs and cooks and customer service skills front front um, of house. You know, when you meet people in hotels and restaurants, the front of house manager, she does the training for all of that. And she now offers services to our business where we support her by putting our learners, um, as we employ them into our business, um, through her. So she does the training of our staff. She understands our business inside out. And she will do training for our chefs and our managers um, and push them back into our business so as we have highly qualified people that, that come through and they already understand the culture of our business because they're being taught by someone that actually has been part of it from for a very long time. Ryan, doesn't it make sense to have that training in-house so you can actually monitor um, what happens? You can write the curriculum yourself. What's the advantage of outsourcing it? Look, there's a lot of in-house training that that we have here. We have a skills and development department within the the company. It does a lot of in-house training. But when it comes to specialist training, things like chefs, um, while we have uh, very, very good regional chefs within our business, they very much occupied in the the delivering services, quality products to our clients. So we like to take the opportunity when there's a really good small business out there that can offer great skills, good training, and they specialize in that area to be able to, to take on some of that, uh, that burden for us. And we can send our people there and they can get really, really good training um, with the guidance from our team that says this is the type of training we want and they're able to deliver for that in, in a really great way. Ryan, um, obviously talking about the website, to send people to the website, Freddie wants to know what is facilities management? What type of service is that? You know, our MD of facilities, uh, Andile, he, he once explained that to me exactly the way I needed to understand it. He said to me, think of the spaces that people work in. 
everything that is not core to their business. We look after their space. So the cleaners, the food, the um, the carpets, the the hygiene, when you go into the toilet, making sure there is soap there. Um, when it comes to the light fitting that isn't working properly, someone will be there to fix it for you. So basically facilities management is in your space that you work, it's everything that you don't do on your day-to-day that is core to your business. We take care of your buildings and your space for you. Um, Freddie's just sent a message today. Thank you for that because one thing I'd love to outsource is all our electronics, air conditioning, and maintenance stuff, which cost us a fortune in subcontractors and bringing inexperienced people in. Would we be able to sit down with you we have a five-story building, and we would like to outsource this specific service. Absolutely. So we exactly the type of client that we're delighted to talk to. And one of the great things that, that we love to do in the facility space is work with small businesses as well. So we take care of that headache for you. We've got the specialists there that will manage the electrician, that will manage the plumber. If we don't deliver it in-house, we have specialists that come and do it. We have a lot of great in-house people that can do the work as well. Um, and yeah, we take, we take care of everything to take away that stress and pressure from you. And in the long run, the aim is to also try and deliver you a saving at the same time, as well as all those other efficiencies that come with running your building. A hundred percent. I suppose if you guys are buying in bulk, you know, we just, this pretty chap would be buying light bulbs for his building. You would be buying light bulbs for many, many facilities and this, the scale comes in there. You know, Ryan, unfortunately, we're going to start running up against time. Zoom only gives us 40 minutes per session. <laughs> um, I just want to ask you, when you sit around your EXCO meetings and you look into the future, South Africa is a very, very challenged space to work. Um, you know, it's just it's just tough in, in every sphere. What are your biggest challenges that you are focusing on going forward? And what are the things that put a smile on the face around the people sitting around their table when they say, We've done it right, and we're going to continue doing it right. You know, you started off at the beginning of this of this session by talking about how the culture of our business comes across when you go onto the website, and I think that's something we're extremely proud of. But as a business, we what we call a purpose led business. We're out there to make a difference, um, and that puts a smile on our face. We want to work with with people that that are passionate and want to um, empower uplift this country we want to work with the people within our business you know we talk about we care doing right by you and that refers to our people it refers to our communities it refers to our clients our supply chain people we call our partners um so that really puts a smile on our face but the name of our business is impact group and if you go onto our website you will see we are about impact and that's really what we're trying to achieve we're out there to make a difference yes we in business to, to make a, what we would call a, a, a fair profit. But at the end of the day, we really want to make a difference to this great country that we live in and, and try and help the communities that are out there. If we can upskill and give skill to people, all of a sudden our whole lives change going forward. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of initiatives there around youth. I mean, it does fall again into the BE regulations. There's a lot of discussion around around youth. And, Ian, you mentioned SARS earlier. There's tax benefits to employing youth. So. Getting employing people at a young age out of out of schools, out of um, universities to, to bring them into the workforce through learnerships, through internships, um, any way that that you can to give them as much skill and ability as we can. You know, we can really start to develop the youth in this country um, and start to grow 
this the, the economy going forward and really start to deal with this employment challenge that we that we have within South Africa. You know, we we all about uh, bringing in in the youth, and we we really believe that you know the youth are the future, um, and and supporting the communities out there to to grow and and develop and and be more sustainable is is absolutely key to to the future of this country. Ryan, I need to bring this up because we're running out of time, but I was waiting for you to mention it as a challenge you've overcome. But load shedding is a word that only South Africans understand. Anything above a Lumpopo, or maybe that's a bit far-fetched, but any, any else, anywhere else in the world, they have no idea what the term means. You deal with it on a daily basis. How have you found that it's impacted your operating and how have you overcome it and how have your staff been able to deal with it? Yeah, look, it's it really is a, a challenge for South Africans at the moment. And I, I think there's not a person in the country that isn't impacted in some way by this, this these constant blackouts that, that we're having. Look, I think it's fair to say that small businesses in particular are really, really badly hurt by by the load shedding. I must say that I've been extremely impressed by some of the small businesses that we work with on how innovative they've been at working around these uh these rolling blackouts that we're having and you know it's 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 great we learning from them on on how to do business sometimes you know when they they come up with great ideas on, on working around it um i think when it comes to impacting a business look we have a large food business here and we've all seen that shortages in the supply chain are becoming more and more of a problem as these load shed, as load shedding continues and you would have seen in the news that something like 80 kfcs have closed down due to shortage in supply of of chicken we know that uh, the production of of chips um at the moment is also a problem so there's there's many many um areas in the supply chain that there's a real shortage food security is becoming a, a challenge and and these are things that are going to become worse and worse as as this continues so i think the again um the government are doing the right things and going out there and looking for small businesses or any other businesses at the moment that have got innovation that can bring more power to to the to the grid um i know there's a lot of talk around uh, the the green initiatives and a lot of people have come out of corporate businesses entrepreneurs and started small businesses that now the government can tap into some of these skills and invest into Great, Ryan. Sorry to cut you short there, but again, thank you for your time. Next time we'll start a little bit later so we've got longer to talk. But Ryan, thank you so much for your time and best of luck in anything you do. And if we can help you in any way to get the word out, give us a shout. Thank you very much for your time. It was great being on the show. Great. That was Ryan Neal, Group Head of Procurement for the Impact Group. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.